Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. Yes, indeed, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you here. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, As a reminder, as always, uh, broadcasting here on Letters from Our Founding Fathers podcast, and also have another podcast over at patreon.com slash podcast with Roman, if you're interested, to uh, check out my thoughts on um, issues more modern. Uh, Issues not relating really to the Founding Fathers, but more modern issues such as technology, society, philosophy, markets, money, accounting, uh, because yes, I am an accountant by training. It's a it's my wheelhouse. So I talk a little bit about markets and economy and stuff like that over there. And there's going to be more discussion about that kind of stuff over on that podcast as well. But anyway, check it out if you're interested. Now on this episode, and this is going to be episode number 37, uh, this episode might not be very long. It's just going to be a very brief discussion of something I mentioned in the previous episode that I wanted to expand on. Because uh, I made a comment in the last episode and I wanted to uh, drill down into that. Sometimes I do that. Those podcasts that I do, the uh, the mainline podcast, the Monday episode that is, uh, the feature length episode as I call it. Those are not really scripted except just the letter uh, that I that I read. Uh, other than that, everything else is pretty much off the cuff with just a few notes uh, written around it. And every once in a while I make a comment that I think uh, that I kind of stop afterwards and I'm, I think to myself, huh, there's probably a larger conversation to be had in there somewhere. And so I'm going to do that right now. And the comment was roughly that as far as the freedom and liberty that we have here in the United States, I was talking about our Constitution and, and how we got it, and I made the comment that, you know, the, the, the United States is not really special, except that we have the Constitution, of course, and the Declaration of Independence, but prior to that, it wasn't so much that the people here are really special, because they're really not. The people of the United States are not really that special. It's just that there was a group of people once upon a time, the Founding Fathers and people after that, who were willing to get shot at for this freedom and liberty, and that's why we have it. It wasn't magic. It wasn't that the the people of the United States were, were special little creatures with magic powers that, that kind of ordained and spirited into existence this freedom and liberty that we enjoy in the United States and then the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and all the rest of it, that, that's not how this works. And some folks out there I know are going to say, Roman, for Pete's sake, it's that's obvious. Thank you for telling us. That. Yeah, I know, but it's a little bit, but you'd be surprised how few people really understand or even, I think maybe they understand it on some kind of a, I don't know, superficial level. But they don't really, they don't really acknowledge it. They don't think about it. And I'll tell you why I why I believe that. Why I think that this concept is somewhat lost, at least in in most most people's thinking. You know, when you think about why the United States happened here, I think it could have happened anywhere. It could have happened in the Ural Mountains of Russia, for example. It could have happened uh, in Japan, somewhere between uh, Kyoto and Tokyo. It could have happened in the Austro-Hungarian Empire of all places. It really could have. So why didn't it? Why didn't it happen there? And why hasn't it happened much of anywhere since then? Why why has it largely been isolated to the United States, for the most part? And the answer to that question is, is again, you know, obviously the Founding Fathers had ideas about 
freedom and liberty from John Locke and Montesquieu and people of that nature, and, you know, the, the passion of a Samuel Adams, which was very necessary for the American Revolution to actually happen. But you can have all the passion in the world, and you can read all the books in the world, and you can, ha you can know what freedom and liberty are, and most people around the world know exactly what freedom and liberty looks like, at least, because they can point to the United States and say, uh, you know, those people over there, they have this thing called freedom of speech, and they have this right to assemble, and they have the freedom of press, and so we know what that looks like. We can point to it, and we kind of know superficially, not, not fundamentally, but superficially, we know what that looks like. So that's easy. Anybody can, anybody can get there. Anybody can understand John Locke, Life, Liberty, and Property, and anybody can understand a Samuel Adams. Anybody really can, but unless you're willing to commit to it, it doesn't matter. Like, the take the Founding Fathers, for example. If they were not willing to stand up and get shot at, and, I, and there's a reason why I put it in such blunt terms, because that's reality. If they weren't willing to stand up and get shot at and killed, this country doesn't exist. The United States. The Constitution does not exist. The Declaration of Independence does not exist. None of it exists. Because you could have written that Declaration of Independence all day long, but if you're not willing to get shot at, the British military is just going to come in there, burn Liberty Hall to the ground, and shred the Const and shred the Declaration of Independence, set it ablaze, and cast its ashes to a strong east wind, and you'll never see it again. It's that it's that willingness to get up and get shot at, and to uh, take a bullet between your teeth. That's the uh, that's the difference between freedom and liberty, having it and not having it. In most cases. Now, to some people, again, that's going to sound obvious, but why don't we acknowledge that as a society today? Why don't we say it out loud? Why are people afraid to say it out loud? Roman, are you actually suggesting that people are afraid to say this out loud? What on... How could... Is that... How could you possibly believe that? Because it's reality. Why are people afraid to say that out loud? And why are people afraid to talk about the implications of that? Why, Roman, whatever do you mean? You know, I, I've, I've long lamented this problem that we have in this country of not teaching history uh, to America's youth, or honestly, to America's adults. You know, we don't, uh, we don't teach history as a general practice. It's almost like a societal decision. We have just simply resolved ourselves. Like the, in the previous episode, when I, when I go down the list of resolutions in a Bill of Rights list of grievances where it says resolved, and you go down the list and it says resolved, 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 resolved. It's almost like there has been a resolution in the United States. Resolved. We shall not study history in this country. It's almost like a, a self-imposed ignorance or apathy. We don't care. We don't know and we don't care. It's like kind of like the age-old question. It was kind of a joke back in the day. I haven't heard anybody say this in a long time, uh, but the old joke used to be, uh, what's the biggest problem with America, ignorance or apathy? And if you ask somebody that question, like go out on the street and ask somebody, you know, what's the different, what's the biggest problem in the United States, ignorance or apathy? And the response you get is, I don't know and I don't care. I don't, and that should be, if you don't, if you don't get the joke, I don't know means ignorance, and I don't care means apathy. So in other words, it, it's a, the answer to the question itself proves that the problem actually exists. And oftentimes with history, it's I don't know, I don't care with most people in the United States. Not everybody, and honestly, most people in the world. I'm not just picking on the people in the United States. This is the world we live in, uh, where history is, has been kind of universally decided to be a thing that doesn't need to be studied. And what, 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 why, how does this tie in with the Founding Fathers and their willingness to get up and get shot at? The thing, the thing about that is, is if you don't understand it and you don't understand or appreciate it, it causes all kinds of problems in society, and I'll give you an example of that. Freedom and liberty in this country has been bought and paid for, in part, by the Founding Fathers who got shot at. They paid for freedom and liberty by getting shot at. And in the War of 1812, it was a very similar situation. The Forgotten War, the war that everybody likes to forget about, which is interesting because it's the only war in United States history where the United States was actually invaded quite substantially by a standing army. 
and had Washington, D.C. practically burned to the ground. James Madison, the president of the United States at the time, had to flee Washington, D.C. and watch from a distance as Washington City burned to the ground. How this becomes the Forgotten War and how, how, how we can have a situation in this country where a lot of the young people don't even know this war happened is frankly alarming to me. And it should be alarming to every single person in the country, but it's not. It's, it's alarming to some of us, maybe the folks listening to this podcast, maybe you folks out there like me who are history buffs, history enthusiasts, as I like to say. Maybe you feel that way, but uh, believe me, and I, th- I think you folks know this, I think you know that most people, frankly speaking, don't know and don't care, like I said earlier. But that's how freedom and liberty was bought and paid for. It was bought and paid for by people getting shot at. And the, the War of 1812 was not the last time that that happened, by the way. That was a very real, real example of it because the United States was invaded by a foreign power. And the war started because the British Empire was mucking around with the freedom of the United States. The freedom of its citizens to actually be free. Uh, Think impressment, basically the forcing of people working in America's merchant fleet, basically, and their trade fleet being forced to serve in uh, on British warships, or British merchant ships even, uh, through the process of impressment. And we're going to talk about that more at length. If you don't know what impressment is in some detail, we'll get there. Don't worry, we'll get there. It's a long way off in this podcast, but we're going to get there eventually. In order to reestablish and reaffirm the freedom of American citizens to conduct themselves in trade and other means abroad, war was declared. There were territorial issues at play there too. I'm not going to get into all that, but War was declared, and war was fought, and it was it was a tough war. It really was not easy. It went on for some time. It's called the War of 1812, but the, United, the White House was not burned until 1814. So freedom and liberty was bought and paid for. If you don't understand history, you don't appreciate that. And if you don't appreciate that, then you're willing to just kind of give away freedom for no cost. You think it's free. You were born here, and, and, and again, when I say you, I don't mean the people who listen to this podcast. I'm talking in the general you. Uh, a lot of times I talk in the general you. I'm not talking in a specific you, uh, if you understand my, my rhetorical exercise here. So, you know, these folks were born into freedom. And so, and they didn't have to fight for it. And they're so far removed from the people who had to fight for it that they don't appreciate it at all. So they're willing to just give it away. That's a problem. You can't just be willing to give it away because it costs something incredibly expensive. The lives of so many people. And not to mention their, their their well-being, their families, and all the rest of it. It costs a lot. This isn't the freedom isn't free. And people say that, but I don't know if people really understand it. Which is why I have I have encouraged people on my Patreon podcast, and I mentioned it one time on this podcast. Go back and look at some of the pictures of the of the of the fields after the battle was over of the Civil War and World War One especially. Those were very brutal wars in in ways that a lot of other wars were not. The carnage was absolutely unfathomable by today's standards, just unfathomable. And you look at the pictures of the fields and all the bodies laying out in the fields, and then you look at the pictures of the faces of the dead bodies, and that, that really paints it. That's the cost of freedom, folks. That's the cost. That's the price we pay. And by good, by gosh, that's that's a high price. It's a price you pray you never have to pay, but unfortunately, it's necessary at times. And, you know, if you're if you understand that, then I guarantee you, you're not just going to give away freedom and liberty. You're not just going to let it get run down. You're going to grab onto it with both hands and you're not going to let it out of your ninja grip until somebody beats you to death and pulls it out of your cold, dead fingers. It's a little bit like property that way. Uh, It's kind of ownership investment. People who build a house with their own two hands and they pay for it with their blood, sweat and tears and their hard labor, they tend to take care of that house, don't they? They tend to guard it, they tend to protect it, they tend to maintain it, they do basic maintenance, and, and, and the house typically looks very good all the time. Those people who have a house given to them, maybe they, have, maybe they come from a family of money, 
And they're just used to it. They're used to being given absolutely everything that they have in their life. Are they going to take care of that house? Chances are probably not. I mean, they might basically, but are they going to are, is, are they going to do all of the little things? Are they going to handle all the basic maintenance? Are they going to watch over it like a hawk? Probably not. Same concept, right? It's a, it's a kind of entitlement, right? And people who are born in the United States have that kind of entitlement in some cases. Not in all cases, but in some cases they do. And, and we've all seen it, and we've all seen the opposite, too. We've seen people who don't have that entitlement and fully understand what, what this freedom and liberty cost and how many people had to die for it. And the like I said, the Founding Fathers were just willing to stand up and get shot at. And that's the difference between freedom and liberty and not. It's it's a high price to pay. High price. I'll give you an example of how this doesn't work out very well for some folks. In China, I've talked about Tiananmen Square before because it's important to talk about. In reference to the Founding Fathers, you had a, you had a group of folks who very much like the Founding Fathers were willing to stand up and demand some kind of freedom. And they went out and they protested for their freedom quite peaceably, I might add, in the beginning. Now, now towards the end, they, they, they felt like they had to defend themselves against an invading army. So, that, you know, they started, you know, moving assets to block the military, you know, to, from getting into the city and, you know, setting, I think I said, buses on fire trying to, trying to block the military from getting into the city anyway. But prior to all that, and, and honestly, I don't blame them for doing it, by the way. It was necessary. They were trying to defend themselves. But um, from... Again, the military. And because they, you know, they had a legitimate gripe. These these were people who had been trampled upon for a great many years. They had gone through the Cultural Revolution where many people were hauled off to, you know, camps and then murdered. And they there were many people who were starved to death. I mean, it was just a horrible time in China. If you understand the history of it, it's not pleasant. It's not like growing up in Ohio. Okay, it wasn't like that at all. These were hard people who went through hard times. These were tough people. I have a great deal of respect for them in that regard. And they stood up and they protested. And, you know, that took bravery and courage. And I really I really take my hat off to those people in China who did that. They, uh, they were incredibly brave and courageous for doing what they did. People in the United States sometimes think that they're courageous and brave for standing up and protesting. No, you're not. Because you don't, you don't have to face the the tanks and the AK forty sevens or the AK seventy fours. I don't know which one were in standard usage back at the back back during this particular period of time, but in China, but uh, one of the two, you don't have to stand up to that. Those people in Tiananmen Square and, and the and the other areas where there were protests, that they did, they did have to stand up to that, and that's what makes them brave. And the the very real representation of that is the you know after the slaughter had been begun in Tiananmen Square. Uh, or that area, anyway. Uh, they had cleared the square the day before, or the night before, and then I think it was the next morning when the shooting began. The tank man came out and stood in front of the tank. They call him the tank man. Nobody really knows who he is. Nobody knows what happened to him either. He was probably hauled off and murdered. But after after that, after the tank man did what he did, and after the shooting had stopped, the protests largely kind of subsided, and everything kind of went back to the way it was in China. I mean, they started opening things up, you know, the, the usual suspects, you know, well, what would they call it, you know, capitalism with Chinese uh, characteristics or communism with Chinese characteristics, whichever way you want to have it. It's really uh, the same thing. But um, why didn't the Chinese people get their freedom and overthrow that tyranny that was the Communist Party in China? Why didn't that happen? And the answer is, is once the bullets started flying, the people of China just decided it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth the fight. So we're just going to kind of shrink back into society and let it be. 
That's why China is not like the United States today, because it could be. China could be exactly what what the United States was supposed to be, and they could have a declaration of independence, and they could have kind of a federal system like we have, and they could have, you know, a bill of rights and a constitution, you know, the freedom of speech, the freedom of assembly, and they could have a great market system over there, and they, you know, they have a kind of a quasi-market system now. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but, you know, at the end of the day, they just decided that getting shot at was just not worth it to them. In other words, Patrick Henry was not a thing in China at the time, at least not in large enough numbers to make a difference. And who is Patrick Henry? He's the guy who was attributed as saying, give me liberty or give me death. It's the same sentiment that uh, where, where New Hampshire gets its state motto, the, the live free or die state. Live free or die. That was always the sentiment. And that's why the founding fathers were willing to get shot at. And it's not what the people of you know China were willing to do. They weren't willing to get shot at. And that doesn't make them bad people. I'm not saying that they're that they're um, they're cowards or anything of the sort. I'm just saying it wasn't worth it to them. They could have it if they wanted it, but they just decided they didn't want it. They didn't want it that badly. I mean, they wanted it, but they didn't want it. You know what I mean? They wanted it, but they didn't want it badly enough to get shot at. And who can blame them? It's a tough thing to do. Nobody really wants to get shot at. It's not glamorous. It's not glorious. There's no such thing as, you know, the glory and the glamour of warfare or fighting for your liberty and getting shot in the process. There's nothing glamorous about it. It's bloody and it's ugly. And it's unfortunate that it has to happen. It's unfortunate that governments some in some places of the world just do not at all want to function as reasonable and honorable people. Instead, they just want to have the uh, the iron fist and the uh, the boot on the throat of the of their people. And again, I mentioned in the previous episode, thank goodness we have the United States Constitution, right? But always remember how we got it. People had to get shot at. And and again, I, I worry that the younger generations in this country, and honestly, even people as old old uh, as old as like fifty or sixty years old, have no concept of that. They just don't understand it. And they 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 really just kind of. Um, they don't really seem to appreciate, they take for granted the freedom that we have in this country and that constitution because they don't see the blood that came along with it. I mean, that constitution basically floats on top of a river of blood. That was the price that was paid for it, right? And it's no accident that the constitution happened or that the Declaration of Independence happened. It's no accident at all. It's, um, it's a kind of determination that, that the world rarely sees. And, you know, that's, it's just further reinforcement of, you know, why did it happen here? And that's why. And people think the United States to be like like some kind of a, an accidental thing or that, you know, for some reason we were just lucky. The people of the United States are lucky. It wasn't luck. Luck had nothing to do with it. And it's not some kind of, um, it's not some kind of a, um, oh, what's the word that people use today? Uh, privilege? It's not a privilege. It's not at all. It's bought and paid for with blood. That's what it is. So some fo- and some folks around the world may see it differently. They may see it as, oh, those people in the United States—they're just lucky. You know, it's just luck, dumb luck that they had. They 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 were they have that geography over there, and they have those people over there. It's got nothing to do with the geography or the people. It could, like I said, this country could have happened anywhere, absolutely anywhere. But it happened here again because it was this perfect combination of people who knew what they wanted as far as freedom and liberty. They had a very good idea of it, and they were just willing to stand up and get shot at. That's it. That's all it takes. And a, and a large measure of honor and integrity. And trying to get all three of those things together in, in some kind of a combination is a very difficult thing to do. But that's it. But it was bought and paid for, and at a very high price. Not just during the Revolutionary War, but again, the War of 1812 and beyond. It was bought and paid for again and again and again. 
And people are either born here or they come here and they take it for granted and they have no appreciation for it and they don't they don't know how to they don't know how to defend it because they don't they don't they don't even know what the price was for it. They don't understand what the cost of all this was. And again, it's like uh, it's like inheriting your parents wealth and you have no concept how hard they had to work to get it. And it's the classic trust fund baby who just spends through it and just blows all the money on stupid crap. And the next thing you know, they're completely broken, destitute because they have no appreciation at all. For what happened here. That's exactly what a lot of people in the United States, and frankly speaking, a lot of people who come here from abroad are like. Now, some people come here from abroad and they really do appreciate the United States and they understand the history of it. They know what was they know what the cost of this freedom and liberty and that constitution were. And then there's plenty of people who come here from abroad and they have they they literally don't know and don't care, like I said earlier. And they come here because freedom and liberty has already been bought and paid for here, and they're completely unwilling to buy it and pay for it wherever it was that they came from. Some people don't like to hear that. But yes, there are people in the world who don't want to pay the price for freedom and liberty. What they want to do is they want somebody else to pay the price for freedom and liberty, so they come to the United States. And it's not it's not really a terrible thing to do, except that some of them, not all of them again, but some of them just don't appreciate what the price for freedom really was. They don't understand that this was very costly. That you could you could pile the bot if you had if you could pile all of the bodies up. It would be a mountain of bodies that that freedom and liberty is built on top of. And there's not a lot of consideration given to those folks, those folks who really gave it all. I mean, they really they really um they really gave it gave it all that they had so that people could have freedom and liberty here and so that people from abroad could just come here and enjoy freedom and liberty. You know, millions of people through Ellis Island, for example, who came here from um from Europe and elsewhere. Uh, way back in the day, Ellis Island's probably one of the more famous ones. Everybody, I think everybody probably knows or has heard about Ellis Island. And I know that some of those people who came over here really did appreciate, you know, what the United States went through to get that freedom and liberty. But I know that some of them didn't give a crap. And that's a problem. Because you need to care. Because if you don't care, then all this is just going to eventually kind of fade away. And you don't want that. I don't want that. Like I said, it's a beautiful thing that we have this constitutional system that we have. It's a wonderful thing. It's an absolutely wonderful thing. And we should endeavor to keep it as Benjamin Franklin so suggested that we do. What kind of a government do we have? A republic, if you can keep it. And how do we keep it? By remembering the price. The price that was paid for. The price that continues to be paid for. It's never really over, is it? And again, these these people are not mythology. We we got you know you got to encourage your friends and your neighbors to stop talking about the founding fathers and the people in the and after that, honestly, throughout throughout the 1800s and early 1900s, these people who are talked about like they're mythology just because they're no longer alive. They're not mythology. This is real. And the bodies and the blood, it's real. And that's the price. And it's a hard one. And I hate that it had to happen that way. But if it had to happen that way, at the, the very least that we can do is remember it and understand it and study this history and, and look at it and be like, okay, this freedom that I enjoy here in this country today, it may not be perfect and it may not always be what I want it to be, but it's something great. And we have to hold on to it with our with our ninja grip and not let go of it until it's until until we are beaten to death and it's pulled out of our cold dead fingers. That should be the mindset. But instead, it's it's a it's a among some people, not everybody. There are some very determined people who feel that way. And I like that New Hampshire's state motto is the live free or die state. That's a great sentiment to have. But uh, there are some people who are just like, just give it away. Just give it away. Who cares? It's free, right? Freedom is free. I was born here. It was just kind of always here. So let's just give a little bit away here, a little bit away there, and blah, 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 blah. Next thing, you know, we'll give away the First Amendment, and then we'll give away the Eighth Amendment, and then we'll give away the Fifth, and then we'll, you know, we'll just kind of go down the list and just, you know, just slowly give it away, give it up. And don't do that. 
That's that's uh that's not that's that's childish and unproductive. So, you know, encourage, you know, everybody around you to understand what the price of freedom really is, you know. And you know, every year we have this thing called Independence Day that people do not call Independence Day. It's a good opportunity to do that if you want to. It's coming up not too far down the road, July. We also have Memorial Day coming up in a few months, really. It's just down the road. A lot of people think Memorial Day is just that extra Monday that you have off in May. And it's not really uh it's just a it's just a holiday. It's a little bit more than a holiday. So's Veterans Day, by the way. I took I, I on this episode this podcast was actually going. It started just a little bit like a, a few weeks before Veterans Day actually happened, and I took the time to to talk about Veterans Day a little bit and for, for this very reason, because the price of freedom is is that. And it's not just military veterans who paid the price. There were ordinary civilians in the Revolutionary War who got shot and killed and tore up real bad. Nearly beat to death by the British military in some cases. They weren't even in the military. Just regular farmers. Just, hang, just doing doing what they had to do. But uh, what a high price we've paid for this. You know, it's important to always remember that. And that'll help you not take freedom for granted. It's just remembering the high price that it, that we paid for it. And so that's, that's, how, that's why it happened here. I wanted to talk about why the United States happened here. And it didn't happen in the Ural Mountains of Russia. And it didn't happen in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And it didn't happen in, in, in Prussia during this particular period of time. It happened here, but it wasn't that the people were so special or anything of the sort. It's just that they were willing to get shot at. <laughs> that's really the high that's really the, the the fundamental issue there. And it you know, it's it's it it makes a lot of sense when you just boil it down in the simplest terms possible. And that's basically it. And a lot of people want freedom. I'm sure in the Austro-Hungarian Empire they probably wanted more freedom than they had. They were just unwilling to, you know, stand up and get shot at. There were plenty of people in the world at the time who wanted more freedom than they had. They were just not particularly willing to stand up and get shot at. Eventually, some of them were, and and they did, around the world. There were people who did, eventually, probably inspired in part by the United States. And there were people from before the United States who were willing to do it. It's not like this is the first time this happened. In the United States, it's not. There were people who stood up before. There were wars in Great Britain over this kind of thing. There were there were like civil wars and battles that took place in Great Britain over this kind of stuff. And in Europe, there were battles over this kind of stuff, right? This has happened before. And every time it happens, it's always the same thing. It's just it's that same kind of people that are willing to just pay the price for it. Unfortunately, it doesn't always last. And why doesn't it last? Why do, why why is it that all those people who fought and died, like the Roman Republic, why did the Roman Republic go away? And the answer is because people forgot. People just kind of gave up and said, ah, well, you know, I was born into this thing called the Roman Republic, and it's, yeah, we'll always have the, the Republic and so on and so forth, and then all of a sudden they start making mistake after mistake after mistake because they didn't study their history, and then it's gone. And then eventually in, you know, the 500s AD, the Western Roman Empire completely collapses and the Dark Ages ensue and so on and so forth, and it's very unpleasant because people forgot their history. So that's why we can't forget our history, folks. That's why we have to remember the price that was paid for all this and that great constitution that we have and this wonderful system that we enjoy today. Let's keep that going. And let's so let's let's keep learning the lessons from the founding fathers and why it was that they decided to get up and get shot at. Why was it worth it to them? You're going to find out on this podcast. This is the easiest way you'll ever be able to study the founding fathers. This is the easiest way possible. It doesn't get any easier than this. So I thank you so very much for joining me on this episode of the podcast and, and listening to, you know, why it happened here, why the United States happened in this location specifically, and understanding why I say it is that, you know, it's not because the people were special, except, again, just this one thing, really, that they were willing to stand up and get shot at. That is special in and of itself, to be honest with you, because it's rare. 
But it wasn't magic and it wasn't an entitlement. It wasn't that at all. These people were willing to work for it and they were willing to die for it. That's not it. That's the exact opposite of entitlement, by the way. So always remember that. So if anybody ever tries to tell you that the, uh, you know, it's just some entitlement, the founding fathers, arrogant, ignorant, you know, entitled brats, you know, hated the government and spoiled and all the rest of it. No. No, 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 no. I don't think George Washington takes to his horse and gets shot at many times and almost killed on a number of occasions just simply because he's entitled. That That's not what entitlement looks like. Not to mention the ordinary soldiers serving on the front line, sometimes barefoot because they didn't have supplies for the army, uh, marching through the mud and the snow. That guy getting shot at, that's not entitlement. That's just um, courage and bravery and self-sacrifice. That's the exact opposite of a selfish human being. And, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think my lucky stars for those, for those guys, because they, they bought and paid for this thing. And many people after them bought and paid for it. And I don't take it for granted, and I never will. And this podcast will never take that for granted. And I hope that um, everybody out there who is ignorant of these things and is not currently a listener to this podcast eventually finds this podcast with the rest of us who are already here, learns that lesson, because the more people that we can get to learn this, the better. And I certainly appreciate you folks who get the word out about the podcast and spread the spread the, spread awareness about it so that we can uh, educate as many people as possible and get them uh, to understand these things. Uh, that's fantastic of you. I really appreciate that. So with all that said, I will look forward to seeing you folks on the next episode of this podcast, and we will continue learning from the Founding Fathers why it was that this thing had to happen here. Why, why did the United States happen here? And uh, we're going to continue to cover all of that. And until the next episode, this is Roman signing out. Thank you. <laughs>